A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Now when Jesus heard about the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave it to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. This is one of our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. I could tell you a story of miracles, of two fish and a few loaves of bread, how the people were awed and they gave thanks to God and everyone went away fed. I could tell you that story, the miracle story, a tale of supernatural provision, of a God who steps in when our reserves are growing thin and makes a way, who meets our needs beyond measure. And that story would do something for us. It would cultivate wonder and awe. It might call us toward mystery call us toward faith that there are things beyond our control. Or it might do more harm than it helps, create a sense that our hope is misspent, that what happened back then could never happen again, that for one reason or other, the God who was willing to bend laws of nature at one time in history has updated policy since then. That story might create disillusionment with a God who would choose to withdraw, who would look at those suffering now and choose not to intervene despite their pain. Or worse yet, it might beckon the question of why our faith is still so small, as if the one thing that stands in the way of a miracle is our willingness to believe. God doesn't put that kind of pressure on you. So that story doesn't seem to suit us. It's not where our time is best spent. Perhaps we could go in the other direction, tell a story with a different bent. I could tell you a sensible story, a tale that begins with two fish and some bread, 
But this isn't a story of magic multiplication as much as it is one of learning to share. Perhaps in this story, the boy with his fish and his loaves in hand inspires the people to share what they've brought till everyone there goes home fed. And that story would be easier to swallow. It appeals to our logical minds. It stirs us to think that the actions of one could have such great effect for the good. And it's not that we can't engage it at this level. There's certainly truth to be mined from a story of contagious generosity, if that's what we find here in these lines. But I want to offer a third way to read this story today, to enter the story somewhere between the miracle and the mundane, to simply hear it for the truth that is always true, the truth in it that lives in me and in you. Because this story of too much need, of not enough, is already our story, is it not? I'm already living a story where there's not enough justice, where 5,000 and more gather in mass to listen for good news, to seek God's shalom, and too often they are sent home still hungering for righteousness to be done. I'm already living a story where the ones in leadership, like the disciples, act as if there's nothing they can do, abdicate responsibility, deflect, and defer. I'm already living a story where people, a whole nation it seems, are looking for things in short supply. First masks, then swabs, now testing and tracing and comprehensive plans for safely getting the kids back to school. But also hope and trust in one another and hours in the day and patience with our loved ones. There's not enough. There's never enough. So what if, in this season of never enough, I told you a story of abundance? A story of full bellies and baskets full of leftovers? What would it do to our sense of what's possible to ground ourselves in a story of the Christ who looks at the one crying, there's not enough, and replies, of course there is. Let me take a look. Most of us here aren't hurting for food. Most of us have the physical things that we need. It's these intangibles, these things that sustain us emotionally, psychologically, that we're struggling to find. And it's not about denying that we have these real needs. 
It's not about believing blindly that if we want them bad enough or display more trust in God, they'll magically appear. It's about knowing that what we have is what we have, and it is enough. We feel like we don't have enough time now that everything is different and the world seems to require more of us. Or we feel like we don't have enough to do to fill the time we're swimming in. Not enough purpose, not enough drive. When the truth is, we have the time that we have. It's not too much. It isn't not enough, it just is. We feel like we don't have enough creativity to meet this moment, the new demands that it brings. Not enough ability to think outside the box to keep from getting stuck. When the truth is, we have what creativity we have. We aren't stuck, we're just here, in this moment, and soon it will pass, and we'll be in another one. And that one will be just as this one is, and it is enough, and more than enough. There is so much more that we feel, and where we feel we don't have enough, it's different for each of us. For me, it's quiet, there's never enough of. During the day in my house that's not full but feels full of children, never enough quiet to think a full thought. Or not enough patience with my toddler when he's out of bed for the thousandth time does he not know that we're in a pandemic and I need my evenings. And yet, the truth is, I have what quiet I have. I have what patience I have. And we're still here. And it is enough. And if I look closely, I might even find that in fact there are baskets full of leftover patience waiting just over there. So much of our pain is born of resistance to suffering. We suffer most not when we have great pain, but when we have any pain and spend our time wishing we didn't have it. When we wish we were not suffering, when we wish things were somehow other than they are. That saying that circulates, God won't give us more than we can handle. I believe it's so often repeated, not because it tells us something true about God, as if God were doling out suffering based on our stamina, but because it tells us something true about ourselves. We keep saying, God won't give us more than we can handle because deep down we know this truth that we can handle 
just about anything. Throw whatever suffering you will at a person, tribulation, famine, or sword, and unless they die, they'll live. How many times do we have to say, you know, the truth is I'll survive before we believe it the next time fear shows up. Far too often we behave as if the thing we fear, being depleted, running out of resources, being wounded or ill physically or emotionally, we behave as if that thing that we fear is real right now rather than what it is, which is a fear. The fear is real, it's real here and now. The thing that we fear is not. Unless we're in immediate danger, as Nadia Boltzweber likes to say, unless you're being chased by a bear right now or asked to do the chicken dance at a wedding or under some other imminent threat, your fear is a liar, a thief of love, of joy, of generosity. It convinces us that it is more real than what is actually happening around us. And so what if I told you the story of those two fish and a few loaves of bread that somehow were enough to sustain a whole crowd not as a miracle tale, not as a reasonable anecdote, but rather a story of this truth, that what we have is more than enough. What if this story is for us the manifestation of that message of hope, so often on the lips of Christ himself, of the messengers of God throughout scripture, be not afraid. Would it give us permission to believe that what we have is actually enough? The time that we have, the relationships we have, the courage we have, the energy we have, the patience we have, the wisdom we have, the love we have, the hope we have is actually enough and truly so much more than enough. Would that this story of abundance might open us up to grounding in our senses, to using our sight, hearing, taste, touch, smell, to sense what is real, what is actually real, to sense past our fear, our bodies know what's real. And to learn to remember what it feels like to trust that this moment is more than enough. Amen.